Oh my god! Hi! Hello! Hi! How are things? Once again, they are happening. <laughs> yeah, it's a good sort of all-encompassing word, that. My current, whenever anyone's, oh, how was your day? I'm very much like, oh, I'm here. <laughs> I've yeah, made it. I always go, it went, like yeah. it went. <laughs> the day has moved and I have existed. Yeah, it implies something had happened, you know? Yeah. It doesn't go into much depth, but there's uh, something there, something spicy. And then my second favourite is, the bar is low, but the bar is there. <laughs> <laughs> bar to me may be rock bottom, but as long as you can limbo like an ant, you can meet it. Like I said, phrases that will end up on either t-shirts or gravestones, you know? <laughs> this week's t-shirt with Holly. <laughs> <laughs> Watch out for the merch rolling out early 2023. You best believe these white tees will be everywhere <laughs> by next season. Everywhere. Mark my words. Oh, that's such a good idea. <laughs> I mean, merchandise is only the beginning, really. Just the beginning. It's only justified. It's only right. The F... No, the BFI. Beautiful fucking idiots. For a second. This is what I mean by if I'd have thought about this three seconds longer before saying <laughs> out loud... You do realise we'll have to insert that phrase into every episode. Three seconds more. (laughs) I'll give you multiple an episode. I thought for a second that we would be called FBI, and then I was like, no. No, no. And you know what? I'll give you unity on that aspect. My brain also jumped to that conclusion immediately. We thought about things one and a half seconds longer each. There's some sort of, like, mind game going on here. I, Our minds are just when connected. When your brother the other day hacked your WhatsApp and told us we were, like, twins, or told me that you thought we were, like, twins, <laughs> best day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It was telepathic communication. I think that's another thing people don't realise they need in jobs, is being telepathic. Turns out that should have been in my job description, there you go. and no one told me. But the office agreed that maybe that was a valid skill that everyone in architecture needs to have. <laughs> Put it on the bio, that's what I say. Top strong straight strong traits job going on the telepathy. There you go. I feel like that that extends to most jobs. Or just in any kind of climate. social situation. Everyone <laughs> Yeah. It's transferable skills, isn't it? That's <laughs> all I wang on about. Transferable skills. <laughs> What would be? What would you say is your top shining quality on your LinkedIn? Is there any sort of piece on there, any scrap of content that you just think really shines through? That you're just like, yeah, great job. I think my job at the moment is probably my main selling mm. point because my job is the company I work for is one of the top ten architecture firms in the country. Don't know if I mentioned wow. the email. <laughs> Thinking. Round of applause, guys. Um, hopefully, no one I work with yes. is listening to this because they're probably like, "What the fuck is she talking about? She's awful." <laughs> hey, the m- number one rule of graduating: you've got to sell yourself because no one's going to do it for you. Yeah, and that is all your personal statement is is just absolutely making yourself sound incredible. Yeah, if the sun does not shine out of your arsehole, you're not trying hard enough. Exactly, and if anything, the whole universe should be coming yeah. out. Not just the sun. Yeah. If not, be more productive. <laughs> yeah. Try harder. Hustle. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a great point to start this off with. So LinkedIn is such a... Uh, let's see. 
I would say triple-edged sword, but then that sort of defeats the metaphor. It's a double-edged sword of both positives and equal negatives. Yeah. And... Because I think it's interesting because people who are, like, in their third year now, they can make all their things on there that they're doing and, like, their dissertation projects and, like, people I know who've just started a job, they are really into posting on LinkedIn and are really up to date with it. And I know other people are very... Like they've been working a while and they stay connected and are constantly like commenting on people's things, and then there's people like me who have LinkedIn, tr- connect with some people, not even their work <laughs> colleagues, which is literally what LinkedIn is for, <laughs> and just see what other people are doing, yeah. and you can kind of celebrate that, which I think yeah. is cool. And I think it's it sort of taps into the weird, maybe manipulative aspect of sort of social media. It translates into loads of different areas. So it is both business and personal. It is both professional and casual. It's got a weird mix of both on LinkedIn. And I feel like if you know, you know on LinkedIn. And graduates especially seem to be in the know that this is the place, this is the careering hub of where you go to. Mm. But say on on that same breath of saying how incredible it can be for connections and celebrating others it can also be like a cesspit if you find yourself there in the wrong mindset in the wrong frame of mind on the wrong day it's a real yeah total wipeout situation i think i yeah i completely agree with that because i've had to uninstall linkedin for that reason there's just there's people you're connected with on linkedin that you don't want to lose as a connection for the future but you also don't want to see what they're doing (laughs) yeah you're banking their friendship yeah yeah um and kind of their connections yeah and i'm aware that i could just mute them (laughs) <laughs> uninstalling the app is just much more painless <laughs> yeah one fell swoop she's gone yeah and so i do completely get how because yeah all of my friends who have started jobs recently and i don't know if you've had this the same are like posting all these projects they're doing at work and like the amazing work they're doing and things they're doing in their spare time to kind of further their career and it's like wow that's amazing i'm so happy for you but I'm not doing any of that. Yeah, yeah. And it's that comparison thing that sort of directly translates onto Instagram. Like, you can happen to just be scrolling. You find yourself scrolling on the feed, which also very manipulative of both apps to sort of act as a feed. They are feeding you content of others. So there is a sort of digestible aspect of it that is completely deliberate, that you will find yourself scrolling. And it is like when you see a friend as amazing as it is get or maybe a pay rise or a new opportunity it is like seeing them in the Maldives like you are so happy for them but equally it's a weird separation thing where you can't seem to separate their lives as a reflection on your own on your own life it's such a weird mind-boggling aspect of these apps and I think as well that's really difficult because people are always like oh you comparing yourself to other people is such a red flag and like you doing this and kind of not you're obviously so happy for them and i find that this is quite a friend's kind of you seen friends i can't believe we've not broached this conversation before (laughs) (laughs) but you know when monica and chandler are getting married and Rachel's like, I'm so happy for them, and only like 10%. Yes! Jealous. And then Phoebe's <laughs> like, Yeah, I'm really happy, and maybe like 20% jealous. Yeah. 
jealous. And then by the end of it, they're like, I'm actually just so jealous that it's working <laughs> yeah. out for them. And I think that's something everyone is it's so normal but it's considered such a major red yeah. flag that no one ever talks about it it's such a human nature of our personality to just equally compare like yeah. in cave people era we would compare you have a bigger joint of meat than me it's just human survival yeah. really that our brains still tap into when we see this comparison you yeah. have this i have this but separating it and I think especially, and having siblings or something as yeah. well. I know that when I was younger, I was always told that, oh, don't compare yourself to your brother. Just because he's doing this doesn't mean you've got to. And my brother is an amazing guy. He's so intelligent. He's so good at so many things. And is just, everyone in my family is just like, he's so cool. <laughs> just <laughs> naturally. He just like, walks down the road. Yeah, he's just such a, like naturally cool guy but growing up it was always like don't compare yourself don't do this don't like he can do what he wants you don't have to do the same thing but it is just such an innately human thing yeah and because same again with like the structure of how we live our lives we just tend to look around to see well like well they sort of look successful so i guess they must be doing it right so LinkedIn is like yeah. a prime example. It's sort of handed to you. Here is a plate of all the different lives that people are leading. And here is how you could too. By this application, by this yeah. career path. But I think comparison is also necessary. Yeah. Like if you don't compare yourself to other people's success, like I know that I can, so my job title's part one mm. and then you have a part two and then you have an architect. And I know that I compare myself to the part two right. in the office constantly because I'm like, well, if they're doing that, I should, am I doing enough in my position? Were they doing this or were they doing better when they were in this position? It's a constant thing that I don't know how, I'd know if I'm doing a good job without yeah. comparing myself to them. Like, I have no knowledge of what they were like in that situation, but in my mind, I'm, because they are now really good, they think of things before anyone else has even thought of them. They're like, someone will be oh I need a sample of this and they're like oh I ordered that yesterday it's arriving tomorrow how did yeah. you know that it's inspiring <laughs> definitely and it's a structure yeah. as well which is also reassuring yeah and it shows you more familiarity in the unfamiliar too yeah and I think that's why a certain level of comparison is necessary yeah. for you to succeed definitely absolutely but maybe LinkedIn isn't the way yeah and what I keep coming back to nearly in every context in every situation is just and I'm trying to not make this sound like I've just watched Eat Pray Love several hundred times it's like it is about (laughs) balance everything is about balance so like comparison use of that app self-reflection like you can only do so much on equal sides you do need to keep it balanced so why did you feel i am intrigued why did you uninstall linkedin was it just self-restraint or just a no need for it i think there was just people sharing things on there that were people i've had in my life previously who maybe now i don't necessarily have contact with yeah and they were achieving this massive life goal and i kind of knew their next step but wasn't going to be part of those next steps and i think just seeing that was so difficult because it's that thing where you're like I know what they're doing Mm. next I know that's so exciting for them like I wish I was part of that but I'm not and so I think out of like a kind of self-care perspective the solution to my pain is just maybe in the future I'll be perfectly fine with it and I probably like I definitely will be yeah
But right, so I don't need to unconnect with them, if that's yeah. the phrase for LinkedIn. Right now, I just don't want to see it, and LinkedIn isn't adding anything to it. Sure. It sounds like a very healthy decision, where you just drew a boundary, <laughs> which is great adulting on yeah, your part. Thank you. I use LinkedIn at work. Company posts things on LinkedIn, which I look at. You've got to um, stay in the know. Yeah, but I don't feel the need to have it on my phone. That's interesting, because it does then, you keep that boundary between personal and work, which is so hard. I think within yeah. creative careers as well, because you are blessed with time, because it is a both a hobby, an interest, a passion, and your job, or can be both, mm. that it's interesting that you have drawn those lines, which can so often be blurred. Like, yeah. most of the time, be very blurry. Almost fog. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen that person on Instagram that's always making those reels about the work-life balance mm. and how... I just don't know what the account's called. She has this mug. Like, the handle is the C, and then it says UNT on it, and you Great. hold it. And so it spells I really it out. Love her. And she always does it that she's like playing different people in a team's call and it's always like, oh, hi, like I scheduled the meeting for 9pm tonight because that's the only time all our calendars were <laughs> yeah. free. And then she's, so what's the overtime pay? And then I, there isn't any. She's like, okay, so I won't be coming to that. Toodaloo! And like shuts her laptop. And it's just those kinds of situations. And I think that really highlights the kind of work-life balance. Yeah. And I think that's hilarious. But also it's kind of like making light of a bad situation because... It is often that way. And I think creative careers have the potential to be that way a lot because they are such also like a fast-paced yes. environment that's quite high pressure. Yeah. Um, and obviously nothing like a doctor or something. Sure, but yeah, very you different. You kind of have deadlines every yeah, day. Yeah, and the context yeah. is so interesting because now having a graphic design degree and seeing how that sort of translates into like marketing and the way we're going with sort of digitalization and platforms and content, it's all sort of intertwined and because you're right that is so fast-paced and continually evolving almost on a minute-to-minute -minute basis is you can't stop because then yeah whether it's money whether it's trends whether it's clicks whether it's attention whether it's followers that all is lost really on lost time so that can almost always lead to burnout or exhaustion and then that's a weird place to find yourself in as a creative because you are then grounded by the fact that yeah this isn't really endangering lives this isn't a career that relies on sort of brain surgery you know it's it's all relative yeah. but it's so easy to sort of get lost in it too yeah because i know for example in my job recently we've had a really intense project where for three weeks within three weeks the actual architects had to like design school wow. a massive school in Cornwall um so they had the landscapers working on it like everything all within three weeks and then every week they had a presentation and it was like a competition so it was a very fast pace every day had to be optimized yeah. and we were there till five o'clock in the morning one day we were there from 8 30 one morning until 5 a.m the next morning that's crazy just... but that also feeds into kind of pressure of jobs and this work-life balance is that in this situation you don't actually realise what the time is like, yeah. I remember I was yawning and the one guy was like are we keeping you up? I was like, yes it's 3am <laughs> and I'm just still at work and he was like yeah. grinding <laughs> yeah. and it's just no one's asking like, oh is it okay if we all stay till 5am you just kind of do it as good yeah 
And also, at that point, it's like a solidarity mm. thing. Like, you're working with your co-workers. And I really like all my co-workers. They're really lovely people. And so, obviously, I'm not going to be like, right, it's six o'clock. Clock out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you feel a sense to stay because of the passion, because of the unity, or was it was an element because you felt like as a new staff member you had to sort of prove it prove your worth or prove your sort of work time i think it was a lot that like i was i'm still so worried people don't think i'm pulling my Uh. weight i'm not going to just go home but also if i left that workload would just fall on someone else yeah who i'm a single human like living my life the other people have kids the other one lives with his girlfriend that kind of thing that their time is so much more valuable to other people if i have to sleep the day no one's gonna notice society's not losing anything whereas if they miss that whole day they've missed a whole day with their families Mm, and things like that like that's a much bigger difference such is so interesting so with that turning into a professional job did you feel like that was quite an easy transition so now you are in a professional setting like that post-graduation do you find like you are getting to know the etiquette of work environment so linkedin sort of like taps into that the etiquette you have on that platform which is career-based which is job-based but do you feel like Mm. almost turning into that structure has been new to you after university um i think so i think office jobs are very different Mm. and everyone kind of knows office jobs are different but i think what i love the most about office jobs and kind of their presumption is the tea and coffee times people have in their lives caffeine is life (laughs) yeah but also like that as a unit people in the office will be like is it coffee time or have we moved (laughs) to tea now and people like oh (laughs) don't know if i want a tea or the unity here (laughs) yeah and it's like a proper community decision whether it is now tea time or coffee time so that the culture's there yeah and i think that is one of my favourite things post-graduation and also just listening to the conversations in the office that, like, people just have... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The office banter is a unique strain of comedy. Yeah. And I think also the banter that I have with my... Particularly one colleague is very... I don't know if I'd say it's normal office etiquette or whether sometimes maybe we overstep the professional mark. But I think that's one of the nice things about spending so much time with people is that you do have those different relationships you don't have outside of, like, you wouldn't have that with other people. And it's sort of that line as well of what's professional and what is just sort of living, really, and finding connection within that too. Yeah. How have you found... Because you said that you... This wasn't the career path you imagined for yourself after you... (laughs) Why... What was the career path you would have imagined? It's for tough because I try and sort of reflect back on the preceding months that I had before graduating and what I did envision or what I maybe hoped or dreamed. And I don't think I was planning that far ahead. I sort of looked a few weeks into the distance, saw that deadlines were the major factor in that and only sort of tunnel focused my vision onto that. So I never really looked beyond that. But I did sort of see maybe a more professional 
setup, let's let's say, and sort of the direct hospitality. But on the same sentence, so many people I know have turned either short term or temporarily to jobs which are make your money quickly show up for the hours a dog's body job basically whatever you decide to name it whether that be bartending (laughs) whether that be retail and it's so common and for a long time I sort of had to fight my urge to say that it was a, a failure that I'd ended up really back to jobs that I did part time throughout my schooling years but what I'm now sort of moulding into is like a stepping stone for future things and knowing that there is time like there is time and knowing that it's temporary so it's a whole mix of emotions I'd say (laughs) (laughs) and would you say like I don't know if this is too introspective for you perfectly valid if it is would you say that you regret one way or another kind of what you've chosen maybe but I know I can't go back and I know that I'd sort of made this decision and I'd know I'd always wanted to do some travelling and I knew the realistic prospect would only happen through work and you are so disposable in hospitality that you can sort of jump in and then jump out if you want to so there's no ties in that aspect in that aspect there's no like career professional ties that you'd need to cut as you would jumping on a career ladder so I can see its benefits for now and I'm grateful for that definitely and it's also like a lot of fun and I know there's so many years ahead and I get told by so many different people that like it is fine not to have the ideal situation right now or that there's many more years that you can switch or jump or choose and I'm really fine I found a place now where I'm really fine just having fun and just Mm. taking each day each shift each hour (laughs) each pint pulling as it comes yeah that's really Mm. interesting and I would be interested to know because I work with some graduates or have like spoken to a few of them in hospitality and there's so many different reflections that they have on it as well because like the realistic world of work is so tough and so brutal that you just never know so yeah maybe we can do a future episode definitely maybe you could interview them yes and I know for a fact like even some of my colleagues have been working in hospitality for years and that is their job and I have so much deep hearted respect that this is like a long-term yeah. thing because it is so soul crushing sometimes i completely get that because i think it's that thing that people are like everyone should work in hospitality before they have a proper job and i do so wholeheartedly agree with that because there are some vile human beings out there and i just can't imagine they'd act that way if they'd been in that situation at any point in their life it just shows you the whole spectrum of the human nature and how people can think is acceptable or deem respectable to talk to people that are just staff essentially like glorified staff waitresses are servants it's sort of reflecting weird times i think if i like tap too deep into it, i really overthink the hospitality sector yeah because i worked at mcdonald's for you did not i did not know this (laughs) 
<laughs> it was a low point in my life and I don't know if it was just the McDonald's okay. I've worked in or generally that kind of very fast paced food industry but it was one of the lowest points in my life it was horrific but also not just the people but also the people I worked with I found but also just some of the worst people I've met but I had customers coming up to me who I'd be working the drive-thru. Everyone's sure. familiar with McDonald's. I don't need to explain the logistics. It's ingrained since childhood. And, <laughs> yeah. and then there was this one guy who drove up to the window and he was like, can I have a burger? And I was like, yes, of course. Which burger? And he was like, I just want a burger. And this went on <laughs> for a good five minutes of him yelling at me with a carload of kids and his wife that he wanted a burger and me trying to work out which one of the burgers on the McDonald's menu. <laughs> I mean, he'd hit jackpot <laughs> in terms of listings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I think if people just worked in hospitality a bit, no one would no, act that no. way. And I have so much respect for the fact that you are not crying 24-7. <laughs> just from having to deal with the general I public. I mean, it's a real interesting shift. So I do both day and night hospitality. And those are very different beasts. Equally as fun, yeah. equally as stressful, equally as mind-numbing, I'd definitely say. But evening... Evening hospitality adds the aspect of alcohol, and that I will always find fun and interesting and <laughs> fascinating. <laughs> and the behaviour aspect sort of comes into that as well. Yeah, it's a real dichotomy of characters. In what way? So, in terms of behaviour, just to watch sort of the mask that people can sometimes put on when addressing staff if it's not already removed it is definitely in the presence of alcohol <laughs> and seeing the true nature of adulthood of interactions of how people treat others yeah it is fascinating yeah i think hospitality is the perfect people mm. watching job or just people experiencing job might be better i don't think you purposefully oh i absolutely people. do yeah. But like not in the same way that if you're sat on the beach. Sure, you yeah, yeah. yeah. And you sort of have these micro interactions with so many different people. Like I interact with probably hundreds of people every day. Well, <laughs> the immunity is top, 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 top. The amount of breath <laughs> I've consumed. <laughs> That's disgusting friends <laughs> but it just gives you such a wide understanding of how many humans are out there and the lives they're equally living and the sort of yeah micro crossing of paths that you have with each other it is it is such an intriguing yeah. world to explore yeah i find it fascinating that this may just be very self-centered but something that has fascinated me since i was a child that i mentioned to my mum and dad and they were like no that's not normal is that there are millions of like billions literally of people living their lives in like africa and singapore and australia and like russia and north korea and you like you have absolutely no perception of their days or what they're doing or anything about them but they are just fully living 
organisms somewhere like that's mind it's curiosity as well it's intrigue yeah in my mind i'm like how if i can't see them are they moving (laughs) how are they existing if i don't know travel my friend (laughs) book a flight (laughs) i'm trying but yeah i do find that really interesting that the different people in hospitality i feel like there's a whole episode where i could just talk about experiences or just interactions that i've had maybe that's an episode for the future it's just funny things you've i'll get noting down this content yeah there's a cafe i worked in briefly a few months ago in like september october time was a what's the word i'm looking for like a regular influencer and that to me is the most fascinating thing that I've ever seen because this person would have someone filming them eat the food and they ate the same food every day and like the people who were working would say they would remove anything with any kind of mild flavour like what they were eating was so bland it just looked nice and so this person would eat this sandwich and, like, they dropped a bit of it. So then they had to film the whole thing over again because they dropped a bit of their food. So obviously it wasn't real worthy or Instagram worthy. And just, like, they would walk around the cafe, like, filming things. And it's like, how? How? That is... Okay, so after we record this, you're telling me exactly who that person is. But it is so interesting. And that also taps in. It sort of brings it back to the LinkedIn as well. So I recently went to a graduate event in London that was sort of formed, founded, and organised by an influencer, you could say. And it was a very influential event. There was lots of panels, there was lots of talks, and it was heavily based towards sort of social media and marketing. And sort of seeing an insight into that world. And it taps into like perception of hospitality, of what you see, but also of careers and the presentation of your life and of your job and seeing their opinions and their outlooks through social media compared to real life it just made me realize how many facades are built on top of each other on top of each other on top of each other until you have this sort of weird sort of undefinable persona and character both online and offline and you can't really tell what's real anymore and maybe with us starting this podcast maybe we'll have millions of followers on all of our Mm. manifest apart from maybe just our parents and an odd few people and the colleagues who like bang on about (laughs) this podcast to every day and they're like fine we'll listen to sorry to everyone in the office they're loyal um but people would just see the things we post and things we talk about and like that kind of social aspect to it without any kind of perception of it and like these influence events you're talking about yeah yeah recently there's some influences in america that i follow and there was this massive like amazon influence for event and so like multiple people were posting about this event but from like different views and kind of perspectives and they have different religions so they have different ways of dressing modesty and things like that and so the different approaches they took to this event and that was mind-blowing to me that like these people actually exist and are like in this place together because like one would be from Canada and one from like Texas and like someone from somewhere else and they were all in the same place I was like how my mind is blown yeah Yeah. and their perception of the same event and how they they choose to interpret it yeah social media LinkedIn Instagram it's a wild place to be (laughs) so many worlds within worlds
What is real? What is real anymore? Yeah, because even this, we're not recording this together. No. We are recording this separately on separate devices that took <laughs> a long time to set up. It's all perception. Whilst we're just video calling each other. <laughs> it's Which, all an illusion. Again, like, very odd perception. Life. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we always ground ourselves after sort of getting very metaphorical and very deep. We always come back to, well, it's life, isn't it? <laughs> At the end of I the like day. I like to think that we are the younger, stupider, if we thought about it for three seconds longer, Brian Cox. <laughs> <laughs> With vaginas. <laughs> But then he has that TV show that is one of my favourites where he's like, the world is this massive place and that like, he takes you through the galaxies and everything and then just brings you right back down again. And that's what we've yeah. got here. It's sort of a whole cycle of an existential crisis yeah. in one. We sort of complete the cycle. <laughs> so maybe if we thought about things longer, we could be the next Brian Cox. And maybe that's what people need to take from this. There you go. Life is what you make it. And maybe think about things longer and you're really smart. Give it three seconds. <laughs> yeah. I should mention, I think that someone telling me that is absolutely hilarious. Before anyone comes at me and is like, oh, I'm so sorry, who did that to you? That's so mean. <laughs> it's mildly mean, but most importantly, I think it's absolutely hilarious. She's and- laughing, she's howling. <laughs> I think about it at least multiple times a day and it applies in so many of my life situations. (laughs) To anyone, it makes so much sense. Three seconds, give it three. Give it three. It's like the other day, a guy at work, doesn't matter their name, guys, it's architecture, 90% of them are guys. Um, (laughs) I said that something I'd brought into work was vegan and he was like, oh no, you don't usually put meat in cookies. (laughs) I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) If you thought about that three seconds longer... (laughs) Ah oh, yes, let me just whack out my steak. It's actually <laughs> half chicken breast. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to know how you're making your cookies, but I won't be eating. <laughs> Only the caveman method will suffice. <laughs> Maybe that's the takeaway of the episode. Keep your cookies vegan. Life's what you make it. So the next episode could be anything but this. You never know. It's just the chaos of life. It's a cliffhanger. 